0: Today is Friday, August 18th, 2017, time for episode 20 of the Barnhart Podcast. The world seems bound and determined to tear itself to shreds, whether it's Californians yet again proposing to split off from the United States, hey, be careful what you ask for, left coasters, the rest of us want that too, or the possible prelude to civil war in the United States, or a terrorist attack in Madrid, the trajectory seems clear enough. Chaos, confusion, and culture wars. The solution, as we've mentioned many times over the past 20 installments of this podcast, is the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which, on the traditional calendar, is this upcoming Tuesday, August the 22nd. Even on the new calendar, it's a Marian feast, the Queenship of Mary, which sort of makes sense in that it's the octave of the Assumption. But in thinking about this, isn't the Immaculate Heart of Mary the real symbol of her Queenship?
1: Indeed. And as you look out at the world today, it seems to me that it is the mainstream of the world is in almost complete diametrical opposition to the Immaculate Heart and and everything that is not just symbolized, but actually really contained therein. Um, I had I had someone a, a very wise person in explained to me that um, you know, back, if you look if you look at Genesis and you look at how um, it says that I will put enmity between you and the woman um, that is between between Satan and the woman, what what we have to understand is that the more people, and especially the more women are are like unto the Blessed Virgin. Um of course nobody <laughs> nobody's going going to get there because she is she is the greatest created she is the greatest human being, the great the greatest created creature even. Yeah, she's above the angels, she's the queen of the angels. But the closer you get and the more a person um aspires to be and then and then increases in sanctity, and becomes ever more like the Blessed Virgin, the more that person will be hated by the world. Um, This was put to me, especially in the context of sodomites, diabolical narcissists, etc., etc. The more like the Blessed Virgin a, a person is, and especially a woman, but also a man, because all men should be aspiring to to have the characteristics of Our Lady as well. Um, the more a person is like unto the Blessed Virgin, the more they will inspire hatred, absolute hatred from diabolical narcissists, from sex perverts, from sodomites. So in, in this day and age, and this is a, a theme that keeps going through my mind, it's really it's really a matter of being hated by the right people, and one of the ways that you can you can make that real and make that happen and be hated by all the right people is to try to be and model yourself off of the Blessed Virgin, and this this includes men as well. Men men can do this as well, but. Um, especially women, certainly you should be, you should be aspiring to be more like her. Uh, I said to me once, be like her in the sense that she was always perfect in determining not too much, not too little. You know, she was always, she was always hitting that, that perfect chord as it was in, in all of her, in all of her actions and all of her decisions, of course, because she was full of grace.
0: So it's also he, why we call her the seat of wisdom.
1: And she is the seed of wisdom, of course, yes. Oh, so many titles for the Blessed Virgin. We could do an entire show when we just go through the litany of Loretto and just pick out, you know, a title after title after title of the Blessed Virgin and just and just expound on those and what they actually mean in in and how we can apply those titles to our life and how we can aspire after that. But, yeah, certainly, I think at this point... Um, and, and, and this speaks again to our narcissistic Facebook culture, which is driving, driving everybody against this. Everything is about being liked. Everything is about being liked and about avoiding also about avoiding suffering. That, that is a completely backwards, narcissistic, self-absorbed mindset. I th- Think about it this way. Think about when you get out of bed every morning. Think and say, what can I do today? To be hated by all the right people. What can I do today to have a diabolical narcissist sodomite just hate my guts? And if you, if you lived your life like that, um, I dare say that you would probably increase in sanctity.
0: Right, and the goal isn't per se, you know, to 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 make people hate you. It's it's the idea being that you are, you know, the sum of your friends, and, and and one of the indications of what who your friends are is who your enemies are, and that was one of the things that a lot of people thought would you know spoke well of Donald Trump back when he was running for president was not just the fact that he wasn't the other guy, but who who was lining up to hate this guy. It's like, well, okay, if they're all against him, I guess I can vote for him. So the idea being, if you are really going to be a uh, in imitation of the immaculate heart and her virtues you will be hated by all the right people
1: absolutely true the, but this is why with regards to trump now segue, segueing into our uh, more secular conversation for this for this podcast um that's why i was very cautious and and was using the term kayfabe, and still kind of am um Yes, we look at this and we we see that Trump was, quote unquote, hated by all the right people. But on the other hand, if if Trump himself is opposed, if this is kayfabe or it's partially kayfabe or this is all manufactured and this is all and this is all just theater, um, that that might throw your discernment off. Um, so man, in these days it's getting more and more complex, but you know, God is never going to leave us without a trail of breadcrumbs. He's never going to make anything so incomprehensible or so hard to follow that you can't, that you can't keep track of what is what. So, you know, you look at these dynamics and you have to be, as he said, our Lord said, be wise as serpents um he's not kidding you have to use your brain you have to use your brain and I, I I'm engaged in a in a debate right now there there's a an extraordinarily intelligent intelligent clergyman who is you know engaging me with regards to my position on the bergolian anti-papacy and just you know argument after argument after argument that just makes no sense is what he's presenting me with that is we absolutely even even though we see objective right reality in front of us even though we know that uh, the the bishops and the cardinals are almost to a man um liars arch heretics sodomites you have that data set right in front of you no no you have to disregard all of that um and you know it's just it it just comes back to me every single time i get one of these get one of these uh, these emails that the arguments are just getting weaker and weaker and weaker don't use your brain don't think for yourself forget the good shepherd discourse um forget forget when john the baptist sent his disciples to our lord John the Baptist knew who our Lord was. His disciples were asking. And John, you know, said, this this is going to be the teaching moment of teaching moments up to this point in these people's lives. I'll just send them to him and say, you ask him who he is. And our Lord didn't, didn't say, I am the second person of the triune Godhead, incarnate, true God and true man. He didn't say that. What did he say to these people? He said, go back and tell John what you see here. The lame walk, the blind see, you're seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. And our Lord also didn't say, go ask the high priests at the temple, go ask, go ask them who I am. Nor did he do that. He engaged these people and said, you need to use your own faculties and your own observations and look, just look at what's right in front of you. Um, and so I, I keep that always in the back of my mind. And it's just getting harder and harder and harder for people to make arguments. You know, you, you you have to, you have to say, disregard all evidence that is coming to you. And that just doesn't line up with with the way our Lord works. And it's not, it's not Donatism to say, and Donatism, the heresy of Donatism is, is the heresy that says that, um, the, the, the internal state of the priest, who is, for example, offering the Mass, um, if the priest isn't the most extreme, the most extreme form of Donatism is, if the priest is not himself in a state of grace, then the, the Mass is not offered. The, the sacrifice is not offered. The Eucharist is not confected. If the priest is not in a, in a state of grace, then there is no Mass. This is, oh, that... That's completely, totally, totally wrong.
0: That's like um, saying if, that's like saying if the pen or quill is not of the perfect or sufficiently high craftsmanship, then the words that Shakespeare wrote down aren't validly uh, effective for conveying what Shakespearean plays do.
1: Well, it's even worse than that because if you have a quill, you can you can inspect it. Everybody can inspect it and see the quality of it. Um, you nobody can know. Nobody can know what the situation is with the priest who's offering the holy sacrifice. Um and so, you know, the 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 argument is made to me all the time, um, well, you're you're a Donatist because, you know, you're saying that because these bishops are X, Y, and Z, arch heretic sodomite, Freemason, fill in whatever of the numerous, numerous categories that we could that we could assign here that um, that you don't, you don't have to listen to them. Well, I go to the good shepherd discourse and our Lord is specifically telling us you have to be wise as serpents and you have to discern these things. We're in the days of Fatima. I mean, that just can't even be denied anymore. We're in the days of Fatima. This might be the run up to the end. This might be the end. And, and we have, we have the direct words of our Lord that we are supposed to use our faculties, observe what we see, and and not be deceived, not be part of this apostasy which the mother of God herself prophesied many times of this apostasy from the top. You have to be able to use your own faculties and discern these things. Um, and so it's not Donatism to, to say these things. And my, my response to that is, I go to Mass Every single day, wherein I know, I absolutely know that the anti-pope is, commem- is commemorated in the mass. He's commemorated in the mass. Does that, does that invalidate the mass? From Of course not. No way. No way. Uh, the priest who is offering the mass and is commemorating the wrong man is mistaken. Um, but that, that doesn't invalidate the mass and it's not going to keep me, it's certainly not going to keep me away from the mass. Um, something, something is going to have to happen. Like what they're looking to do is promulgate a new, new mass, which at that point, I suspect there will be, there will be no, um, consecration. Um, it will be this Protestant ecumenical satanic Freemasonic, Uh,
0: Celebration of the community present.
1: Celebration of the community present. um, uh, I've heard also that general absolution is going to be a big deal where everybody's just, you know, you wake up. This is Lutheranism. Lutheran taught that the Holy Spirit forgives all sins when the sun rises in the morning or something like that, or just in the morning or at the beginning of the new day. Makes absolutely no sense. And not only that, but this new just. Giving of general absolution in this new Bergoglio Soros New World Order Church will also involve the church apologizing to the people. Uh, so be on, be on the lookout for that. Um, some, it's going to have to be something like that. But right now it's clear that the church the, the church is still visible and still completely extant. And even though every single day when I go to Mass, the wrong man is commemorated as Pope. Uh, that just doesn't, that doesn't affect me. Um, I'm not scandalized. And see, this is another important point. The way to combat scandal is to have information and to know what's going on. And so since I I understand to to a, a small degree what's going on and I have this framework and I see what has happened and I see and understand the mistakes people are making and what the situation on the ground is, it doesn't scandalize me when these things are happening. Scandal is when something happens and it caught it. It shocks you and it It so traumatizes you that it causes you to either want to join into the sin of others um, or it causes you to lose your faith. Well, none of those things, none of those things happen with me. And the, the, the way that you combat scandal is to have information and have true information. Then when you see things going on in the world around you, it's not a shot to you. You're able to some extent to process it. And it doesn't become, you know, me sitting around thinking about, well, maybe, maybe the church isn't true. Maybe it's all been a lie. Ooh, I'm having a crisis of faith. No, not even, not even remotely close, not even remotely close. Um, you know, I've been scandalized pretty hard in my life. And boy, at this point, I mean, within the la- since, you know, the last two, two and a half years, learning about all this crap about these sodomites in Rome in particular, um, I-, I would be, it would be very difficult. Uh, boy, I just don't even know what would have to happen at this point for me to be scandalized by the actions of other human beings to, to cause, to cause me to question to question the faith, I mean, and maybe I'm 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 tempting the enemy here, but I mean, I've I've for years been mentally preparing for being um, raped and murdered, executed, imprisoned, all of these things. I mean, you know, learning about the vande genocide and what they did to people there. I mean, if I die naturally, it will be I'll be quite surprised if I die naturally, and and I am mentally prepared. I've, you know, worked through these scenarios. What will I do? What prayers do I have to remember to say? How am I going to collect myself and keep myself calm and make sure that I die with, you know, the words, something along the lines of, have mercy on me, O Lord, a sinner. Make sure that that is the last conscious thought or the last, the last words that come out of my mouth or the last words that come out of my mouth be Jesus, Mary, Jesus, Mary, Jesus, Mary, you know? Um, you You have to sit and think about these things. and the way to to prevent scandal is to think about these things, to have information, and most importantly, to have true information and and to be operating on a true base premise. We're seeing this right now in in the Catholic blogosphere. There are people who are declaring that they're quitting and this we can't we can't report on any of this anymore. We can't do any of these things. It's just it's just ridiculous. And the reason why these people are are falling away, are quitting, are not persevering um, is because I'm convinced it's because they're operating on a false premise. And when you operate on a false premise, it just drives you bonkers. And you are going to be scandalized if your base premise is false, and you are not, you are not um, parsing and and processing events and reality. According to a true premise, if your filter is is smudged, warped, whatever you want to call it, I guess warped is the best way to put it. If your if your lens is warped, if your filter is warped, then everything that comes out the other side of it is going to be warped, and it's ev- it's eventually going to drive you bonkers. Um, and and we are seeing that right now. Right now, people on the trad on the trad right in the English speaking blogosphere are are folding. They're folding. And I don't know, I, I told you, I told you it would happen. It's no surprise to me at all.
0: Speaking of true premises, it's not just the mm. Catholic Church where this is a problem. Let's uh, get to talking about something that's been in the United States news for quite a while. Uh, what's happening down in Charlottesville? Is this just a uh, spirited disagreement between multiple parties or is this uh, possibly a prelude to something much bigger and much worse?
1: No, it isn't even a prelude. I I am convinced that these uh, history will see these things as the opening skirmishes in the the if you want to call it the post-American civil war, the second American civil war, whatever, whatever this is called.
0: Well, okay, Um, I, I do want to interject one point there real quick. In the mm-hmm. South, it, it had always been referred to as the war between the states, because a civil the war- The war of
1: aggression. The well, war of aggression of the North against the South, yes. Well, there,
0: there is a distinction to be made between civil war, which happens all, all throughout a body politic with no defined uh, battle lines, as opposed to the war between the states, which had very defined battle lines. That was more akin to a war between separate nations. So Two I just want to point nations, that out. Yeah. So we, we would be seeing, uh, depending upon who went- then again, English evolves so so fast. Who knows what the words really mean anymore, which is a, another problem entirely to be discussed some other time. But uh, yes, we could be looking at, an, a, at a real civil war here.
1: Yes, indeed. In the, in the truest sense of the term, and I'm absolutely convinced of this, and I've been writing and warning of this now for almost a decade. I would have to go back into the deep archives and see when I first started writing about the fact that the, the United States was on a clear trajectory to, for lack of a better term, civil war, hot civil war. Um, uh, obviously, it would be it would be either in 2007 or 2008, early 2008, when I started openly writing and warning about this. Obviously, with the ascension of the Obama putsch regime and all of that, all of that mess, I, I kept telling people this this ends the only way this ends is in hot civil war there's there's no way out of it and furthermore it will end with um i, I suspected chinese boots on the ground as a quote unquote peacekeeping force it will end with an invasion of the North American landmass, and people looked at me. Oh, I remember one person in particular just looked at me like I was absolutely insane. And now here it is: the only thing that I was saying is that this will all come to pass, you know, within within the presumably eight years of an Obama regime. And I was wrong about that. I mean, who could possibly foresee this, this Trump thing? I mean, this phenomenon that that has happened. I'm still I still look at these things and I sent super nerd um yesterday a link to the to this reportage that um the the quote unquote neo-Nazi uh faction at Charlottesville was organized explicitly openly organized to the point where this guy's you know calling press conferences and in fact he he got punched at a press conference or something this has gone all over the place this guy is a hard leftist he was an occupy guy he he's a producer for CNN and you look at this and you're just like okay this this has been out this was reported um we'll put the link to the zero hedge link in, in the show notes here um this is this is openly reported okay information's out. The neo-Nazi retards, excuse, I'm going to use the term because a lot of them are, and we'll get into that a little bit later, either retards or schizophrenics mentally ill. That's just rife. This rife. is two
0: podcasts in two days where I've heard that term, and I know you don't listen to the other one, so that, that's interesting.
1: Wait, which term? Which term?
0: Oh, the the idea of using retard slash uh, schizophrenics with regard to the um, agent provocateurs, uh, paid FBI informants. There was just a news story recently where a guy thought he was going to go blow up a bank, and he got what he thought was explosives and a rental van from a paid FBI informant. Who they were just trying to gin up their their six week cycle of uh, keeping people afraid that there's going to be terrorism because God forbid that things are peaceful and they lose their budget.
1: Oh, absolutely! They the agent provocateurs. Oh man, <laughs> this is this is we're going to go off on so many tangents here. The agent provocateurs are specifically looking for people who are, you know, hovering around, circling around these these movements and so forth. And you would you would see some of them at Tea Party events. I mean, they're just everywhere. Okay, there's there's people with low IQs and there's people with full blown mental illness who are just kind of sprinkled all throughout our population. It's it's very sad, but because. There's basically no way to get these people the health care that they need because it's almost impossible to get somebody declared incompetent and get them forcibly hospitalized. Um, uh, just a quick side uh, side uh, story. Probably four or five years ago, when I was still um, when I was still at, in uh, in Lone Tree in Colorado. I started getting these, these postcards from a guy who was clearly absolutely insane Now he was very high functioning, but he was completely insane telling, and they were saying things like, I'm going to come, I'm going to get you, I'm going to kidnap you. I'm going to take you to Central America. uh, You are going to give me three children. Their names will be duh, duh, and duh. And you know, I'm not, I'm not scared of this guy because obviously I'm armed to the teeth, But this person is profoundly mentally ill. And so I've got, I've got name, I've got not the full address, but I have a a general metropolitan area of where this person lives. Very easy to find. Oh, and there were also emails coming in. So between, you know, Google, you know, search engine searches, um, people searches online, coupled with um. Uh, IP tracing and all that kind of stuff. Very easy to find this guy. Then I found his his adult children. Now, this guy was like an architect or something, okay? So this is clearly a man who has descended into profound mental illness as he has gotten older. So I call the kids, and I and I find them, and I ring them up, and I say, hello, um, my name is Anne. Are you by any chance related to a Mr., Mr. X. And the I got a hold of the daughter and she said, Yes, that is my father. And I explained to her what was going on and she said, Yes, we know. We have been trying for years to get him declared incompetent so that we could get him hospitalized, so we could get him institutionalized. But because, you know, he's high functioning, he he lives his life, he he goes out and about every day. He can read, he can write, he's not drooling, he's not like foaming at the mouth, anything like that, and he goes into court and he can stand at the podium and you know the the judge, I don't know what that's called, if it's vadir or, or just the judge interacts with him and he seems to be a functioning human being. They absolutely refuse to help us to get him the help that he needs. We need to have him declared incompetent so that we can have him hospitalized so that we could at least get him diagnosed. And she said it would be a tremendous help to us and our family if you would call the police where he lives. And this is the police station that you need to call. And if you would get the police involved in this and, you know, get all of this documentation sent to the police and also send it to us. That way, at least we have something so that we can go to we can go to the judge and say, look, this is what he's doing. Yes, he can read, he can write, for heaven's sakes. He, he's, he's been an architect his entire life, but something has gone wrong in his brain, and now he needs help, and, and here's the proof of it. Um, and so that's the thing in the situation that we're in now. I cannot emphasize how many people there are running around that are schizophrenic, that are profoundly mentally ill, um, and also people who are just um, low IQ and even mildly mentally retarded, but still operate, still function, so on and so forth. Lay on top of that the incidence of things like pornography usage, which also is rampant amongst this neo-Nazi far-right lots of sexual perversion lots of use of pornography lots of homosexuality in in all of that too you know the the sodomite f- Nazi fetishist thing rife and all that you take all of that put it together you've got these agent provocateurs who know these people are out there um and especially the ones who are very, who are low IQ and the ones who are schizophrenic these people can just be, Can be tied in knots. They can be, they can, they're extremely suggestible to suggestion, which is where all of the conspiracy theory crap comes from. All someone has to do is put something on the internet in front of these people. And not only in their schizophrenia do they they instantly believe that it's true. So for example, someone goes on the internet on some forum and says that 9-11 was done by shape-shifting lizard Jews using tractor beams and holograms. And some schizophrenic sees this and just attaches to it completely. And then in in the mind of the schizophrenic, just transforms this into some enormous, grandiose, massive conspiracy, generally which they themselves are at the center of. Um and it just it just descends. And the next thing you know, you've got, like for example, at Charlottesville, the guy who um rammed the crowd and killed the person and so forth. That guy, I believe, was diagnosed schizophrenic. Okay. So it it probably didn't take much to for somebody to convince this guy to do something like that, um, they he, again they're they're extremely suggestive, susceptible to suggestion. They have dilute, they often have delusions of, um, like superpowers and things like this. So you can tell these people, well, if you do, if you do something like ram a crowd, um, nothing's gonna happen to you, they can't touch you, et cetera, et cetera. Some, some sort of at superpower, or they won't be able to arrest you. Uh, this is another thing that, you know, the sovereign, the, what are those people called? Sovereign, the sovereign
0: citizens.
1: Sovereign citizens that that is feeding into this kind of a quasi schizophrenic delusions of grander sort of a thing where these people honestly believe that you can go into a courtroom, point at the American flag that's in the corner of the room. And um, because the American flag has gold fringe on it, you can say to the judge you have no authority over me. You have to let me walk away. Or the one I was told over and over again is all you have to do is buy a postcard, put a stamp on it, and then sign your name over the stamp, and you have now become your own postmaster. And therefore, no legal system can touch you because you're your own. I mean, this, this, this stuff is just cuckoo.
0: It's Wait, don't, absolute, you, don't you also have to go into the bathroom, turn the lights off, and yell at the mirror, I am sovereign, I am sovereign, or am I conflating two I, ideas here?
1: Oh, I see. Maybe that's why it didn't work for me, because I missed that one. Ha, 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 ha. But it, it's, it's true. These people have a quasi-schizophrenic delusion of having basically superpowers. And so they tell people, if you do this, then nobody can touch you. Ah, where can we draw a direct parallel? How about to the Islamic political system, which has, since its inception, as we've covered before, explicitly ratified inbreeding. What does this do? It shifts the IQ bell curve back to the left. So you have already, you have an underclass of people with already suppressed IQs. And, you know, this has been done intentionally by human beings First cousins, double cousins, uncle nieces. If you if you do that, if you fold if you fold the proverbial uh, genetic dough back in on itself, over and over and over again for fourteen hundred years, you're going to end up with a populace, an underclass, let's say, whose average IQ, if you call you know, Western European man, if you call him a hundred, which you know. Remember, it's it's an index. So 100 is average. If Western European man is 100, then the average in the musloid underclass in many of these countries is in the low 80s or even down into the 70s. That's average. okay? you also have, as we've talked about just recently, um. The Islamic political system is designed to um, not just turn people into diabolical narcissists, but also in a certain sense to engender a sort of schizophrenia because the deity, Allah, which is, you know, we know it's, it's a non-existent pagan moon deity, but what's behind all this is Satan. They're told that Allah is a completely capricious being that is devoid of reason and is pure will. So Allah can change his mind on a dime. You ingrain that into a culture, and that's also going to contribute to mental illness, schizophrenia, just an inability to deal with reality or understand what reality is. Why is it that they just have an endless supply of these people who are seemingly, a lot of them are voluntary, some of them are not voluntary, but a lot of them are voluntary, who voluntarily will go blow themselves up, or do these suicide operations, or just like the one we saw just recently in Barcelona, go kill as many people as you can, run over as many people as you can, then jump out of the van and just kill more people until the cops until the cops take you out. They know these are suicide missions. All of these, all of these, um, these musloid jihadist attackers. It's all assumed that it's going to be a suicide mission. How are they finding these people? Well, it's exactly the same thing as what we're seeing now. Um, coming to a head in the the former West in the former Christian West you're you have this problem of being of having these people just all throughout your culture it's not difficult for these agent provocateurs to go and pick these people out you can pick them out pretty quick and then they engage with them they put them out front and and the rest is history that's clearly what's going on here and my terror since the very beginning of all of this is, Yes, there's going to be a civil war. There's no there's not going to be a Mason-Dixon line like there was in the American War Between the States, uh, Um so every every urban area, every town is going to be its own theater and there's no lines of demarcation. It's extremely easy for um, people to disguise themselves as the other side. What does what does one of these Antifa hippie, hippie, hipster, whatever social justice wars, what what does he need to do in order to infiltrate the other side? Um let's see, go to the barber shop, get a haircut, uh, shave, go buy a polo shirt and a pair of khaki pants and a pair of um and a pair of normal loafer or coaster shoes or whatever. And boom, you are basically quote unquote in the uniform of the other side, and you can integrate seamlessly into that. How 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 do you how do you prosecute a war where you have no idea, and the other side can be infiltrated so readily? And and next to that, next to that, what I was always scared of is, okay, it breaks down. Militias form. You're in a neighborhood situation, a suburban situation. You've got to come together. You've got to form some line of defense and you're you're in a position or in a proverbial foxhole what happens when the person next to you is a freaking schizophrenic full blown schizophrenic what, what what do you do how do you even deal with that how do you weed these people out and i don't mean kill them i mean get them away from the front lines Get them away from all this. What you know, you're trying to defend some family from getting raped to death, and you have to worry about the fact that the guy in the foxhole next to you, is is a hallucinating schizophrenic, who who thinks that that everyone and everything is a shape shifting lizard jew and holograms and and I mean, how do you, how do you even deal with this? It is the chessboard is so. Is so thoroughly stacked against us. And in short, the, the we sta-
0: we will have no idea who our friends are, who our enemies are, who yep. we can trust, how we would even go about protecting ourselves or anybody else, or whether or not the people we are protecting will turn around and slit our throats at the first opportunity
1: absolutely. And this is a function of the disorder of contemporary American culture, this business of how we are all so isolated. And we don't, we don't know. I mean, man, when I lived in Denver, I, I had no idea who my neighbors were. I wouldn't know them by sight. You get in your car, you back out of your out of your garage, you drive to wherever you're going. You go in, you come out, you get back in your car, you drive back to your house, you pull into your garage. Nobody's outside. Um, a lot of people have no interaction anymore with their neighbors. There's certainly no no sense of, of local community, anything like that. there's no you don't have a butcher, you don't have a produce store, you don't have you know your even your local bar or something like that. You don't have these people that you see in your neighborhood every day like you used to. There used to be communities in which everyone knew everyone else and so if, if something like this were to happen, if shit were to get real, you could just walk out your front door, you see all of your neighbors, and you know them by sight, you know these people, they know you, you can come together and you can form a, even if you want to call it a small militia. You can, you can form a small band, and you know who everyone is. Think about the U.S. right now. Most people don't even know who's on the same cul-de-sac as they are. You just, and you certainly don't know anything about them. And you certainly can't put your life or the lives of your, your wives, your, your children in the hands of people that you don't have any idea. The guy who lives three doors down from you on the cul-de-sac who you may or may not know by sight even, might be a super hard leftist social justice warrior who as soon as you say to him anything about the fact that, for example, you're you're a believing Catholic, that he will get into his mind the thought that you need to be eliminated, that you need to be purged. These are exactly the kind of people that are the problem. We have to get rid of them. This would be a utopia if it weren't for these damn... Um, these damn religious wackos. You, you don't have any idea. And so the situation on the ground is just, oh, it's, it's just incomprehensibly bad. And we're in the first days of it. Charlottesville was the first skirmish.
0: Well, we've mentioned before, or you mentioned earlier, the idea of operating from true premises. And I think part of this also, uh, there, there's a term – go back and look at the news coverage over the last few days, and you're going to see a term popping up a lot, and it's it's being applied by the press, and that's white nationalists or white nationalism. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, the actual protesters are bringing this one up, but I think the idea here is that the George Soros groups and all those who are uh, in favor of no nations, no borders, the whole globalist right. idea – they're trying to attach to the idea of nationalism and national sovereignty, the idea that you must be racist or you must want to have your sovereignty so that you can oppress people. It's a conflation of, of ideas, which which is not accurate. It, it's like um, if you say that you are in favor of public decency laws, oh, you must be some kind of Muslim uh, Wahhabi terrorist. You're you're one step removed from getting getting a rider truck and blowing up some, uh, I don't know, the, the idea that you try to associate these two ideas of some kind of public good with some radical ide- ideology, I think that's definitely in play here. And in terms of true premises, you can't watch the media for anything true. Uh, if anything, you're going to get the the reaction of what to watch for in terms of, of the false narrative.
1: Exactly. And I would even take it a step further. I think that the, the where it is now... As when they use this term white nationalism, what that means at its core is if you are a white person in former Christendom, in the former West, and you are not actively and openly desirous of the complete extermination of your own race and your own culture, and and yes, if you are not actively desirous to see All white people purged from the face of this planet because they are white. If you are not actively desirous to see every vestige of Christendom destroyed, burned to the ground, if you if you are not actively desirous of seeing all. All of our Christian patrimony in Europe, for example, completely destroyed. No more churches, no more art, destroy all of it, destroy all vestiges of Christian culture. And let's be honest, that's what it is. Um, If that is not your explicitly stated goal, suicide Okay, suicide, Um, if you are not actively on board with the idea that all white people, first and foremost, yourself should be sterilized and should not be reproducing zero reproduction, self uh, auto genocide. If you are not openly, explicitly on board with that agenda, then you are a white nationalist that that is where this is. That is where this is going.
0: And you can look um, at Sweden and see where this is going. They are being so tolerant, they're going to allow Sweden to become the first Islamic republic in, in, the, in the EU.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They, they hate themselves and they think that it is a sign of their intrinsic virtue, that they are destroying themselves, that they are giving their daughters up to be raped and murdered. Uh, it it truly is the cult of sacrifice. It is It truly is the, the cult of of Moloch, but taken to the next level. You know, we we will sacrifice our daughters to you. Take them, rape them, kill them. We don't care. We want to be destroyed. We want to kill ourselves. Can I, uh, um, Super Nerd, you sent me a quote um, from, I can't, it's the Modu Proprio Bonum Sane. July twenty fifth, nineteen twenty. So who would that be? That would be Pope
0: Pius the tenth. 19- oh, no,
1: no, no, Pius the tenth. No, it's not Pius the tenth. It's Pius it's the eleventh either.
0: Was it? I don't well, remember. What, it, I don't remember. Is it Benedict the
1: fifteenth? Okay, we will we will look this. at. while I'm reading it, super nerd, you look this up. Who wrote um, Who wrote Bonum Sane? Okay, I'm going to read this quote that that. Um, that super nerd sends to me. Oh, here it is right here. It's Benedict the 15th, Benedict the 15th. Okay, here we go. After having spoken of the necessity of still greater devotion to the Holy Patriarch and patron of the church, St. Joseph Pope Benedict the 15th stated quote, because of the ravages of naturalism, that, that awful pest of art epoch, the advent of a universal Republic, which is longed for by all the worst elements of disorder and confidently expected by them, is an idea which is now ripe for execution. From this Republic, based on the principles of absolute equality of men and community of possessions, would be banished all national distinctions, nor in it would the authority of the father over his children or of the public power over the citizens or of God over human society be any longer acknowledged. If these ideas are put into practice, there will inevitably follow a reign of unheard of terror. Already, even now, a large portion of Europe is going through that doleful experience, and we see that it is sought to extend that awful state of affairs to other regions. Close quote. Motu proprio bonum sane, July 25th, 1920, Pope Benedict XV. And it's, it's, you know, it started in Russia, uh, the heirs of Russia, uh, the, the consecration was not done. The consecration of Russia was not done. And now the heirs of Russia are now about to manifest in the West, in Western Europe and in on the North American continent and then all over the world. And it will indeed be a reign of unheard of terror. It will be a reign of unheard of terror. And we're seeing the first skirmishes of that now in Charlottesville. It's only going to get worse. It's only going to continue. There's, there's not going to be any backing off of this. Um, and so the question I want to come back to, which we kind of started with at the beginning of this topic, is this business with these uh, provocateurs being exposed now, here, here's the question that I have, and it goes to to my idea of kayfabe. If you're Donald Trump, and this information is exposed, and it's out there, it's all over the place, and you're, you're sitting in, in the White House or in your resort or wherever you are, and and pretty much all you do for a significant portion of the day is screw around on Twitter, apparently. And no nobody will, will tell you to cut this out, I mean, I, 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 again, don't understand where, where are the people, where are the adults in the government who will go, to, go to him and say, "Listen, dumbass, this Twitter crap stops, and it stops right now." And let me just say, that's good advice for everybody. Um, if you honestly think that you are, that you're doing any good, and that you're going to, you're going to win any battles or win any souls for Christ by by tweeting you're out of your mind all that is is a narcissistic um posing posturing you're not accomplishing anything S- get off of that crap stay off of that crap but having said that so donald trump does this all day he's in he's in these pissing wars with with i don't even know who just whoever because he gets off on it, apparently. Why isn't Donald Trump and the entire White House, the entire Trump administration going on the Internet and going on media 24-7 saying, look, the, the Nazis were organized by a far leftist. Here the guy is. He's a CNN producer. He's a, He was a, an Occupy bigwig the the far the far right retarded Nazis were organized by this man. What you've got you've got the proof right there. Why aren't
0: they doing this? And this is even See, this, this is even history repeating itself because the SA in Germany, which allowed for the rise of the Nazi Party, they were a big uh, homosexual pot as well.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. The Ernst Rome faction and, and the SA, and eventually it came to the point where. Ernst Röhm was an open aphibophile. his he was one of these guys who um, he didn't manifest as a as a swishy fag He manifested as super macho To the point like almost in the spartan culture and the samurai culture where it was considered It was considered weak for a man to have sex with women And so the greatest the most masculine manifestation was for men to have sex with with teenage boys And Ernst Röhm was like open about this the rest of them hitler and the rest of them they were all fags too but they kept it on the down low and they knew that it wouldn't play they knew that it wouldn't play at that point in in germany because germany was still very ethnically ethnically christian and the average german would have had zero tolerance for you know buggery and sodomy and transvestitism and all of this if they had seen these nazi bigwigs carrying on like this, it would have, it would have poisoned the entire Nazi movement. So Ernst Rome is this boy bugger, but he's carrying on really openly about it. Um, And so Hitler purged all of them, purged the SA. That's what that was all about. I think that was probably the plan
0: the whole time just to, to get, get the enablement uh, through. And then they need these people stirring the pot in order to, to get the Nazis into, into the uh, position of power. And as soon as they had performed their task, Wipe them all out. Oh, and by the way, who's pulling the strings right now behind all the homosexual provocateurs? George Soros. Uh, mm-hmm. Do people forget the fact that his father was a Nazi uh, operator? This is and the same he, playbook being yeah. recycled.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing new under the sun, but people are so illiterate. and Illiterate, but also in denial. I mean, you put this stuff in front of them. And they just, it, as long as the zeitgeist w- refuses to believe it, then in order for us to appear to be moderate and for us to appear to be, um, you know, not not some cuckoo pants fringe extremists, we we have to go along with the zeitgeist and deny that all these things ever happen. Well, I'm telling you folks, the day is quickly, quickly, quickly approaching in which If you are not on the extreme fringe of this society, you're not going to make it, man. You're not going to make it. And by make it, I mean, make it through your particular judgment. I mean, that's what our Lord is talking about. Will there be any faith? Will I find any faith when I return? And if I, and he also said, if if it weren't for the fact that I would shorten those days, even the elect would be deceived. We are, we are quickly approaching the time where, you know, this notion of moderation and trying trying to straddle and it, and it's it's very clear the people who are doing it, it's it's a it's a pure function of effeminacy. They want to maintain their career track. They want to maintain their social connections. They want to maintain their income. they want to maintain their job. And they say, look, if i if the further if I go to the quote unquote fringe over here, I'm not going to be able to have a six figure income, et cetera, et cetera. No, well, I guess you're not going to be able to have a six-figure income. What are you going to do? You're going to you going you gonna to pack those bitcoins into the mass grave with you to keep you nice and warm. Is that what you're going to do? Uh, you know, yes. Yeah, so you keep your job. Then what? Well, I keep my job. That way, I can keep my house, and that way, I can save for retirement. Okay, then what? I mean, I think this is this is Saint Philip Neri's shtick that he that he would do with people go up and ask people questions like this about their lives you know what do you want what are you what are you driving towards and then just keep saying and then what and then what and then what and eventually you know it depends some people longer some people shorter but where everything eventually ends up is that you die and then what and then you face Christ at your judgment and then what you either go to heaven or you go to hell for all eternity these these people, the ones who are who are kowtowing to the zeitgeist and are just obsessed with not appearing to be a lunatic fringe or crazy or anything like this, it's a pure function of effeminacy, and it it's it seems to me to to indicate a lack of faith. You know, there's a lack of faith. What are you driving towards? What 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 is the end goal in all of this? Is it for you to make money? Is that it? you need to make a choice here, you know, and, and the sooner you realize that we're all already dead. We're all going to die. Be it sooner, be it later. Um, a lot of us, I fear are going to die unnaturally, man, just get your head around that right now. And then trust, have faith in our Lord. You know, the worries of the day are enough for themselves and give us this day, our daily bread, do the right thing. And God will provide, God will provide. But this business of just constantly trying to kow, kow, kowtow, moderate, et cetera, et cetera, moderation for the sake of moderation, moderation for the sake of maintaining income, social connections, et cetera. Look, it's, it, that's not going to work. And people ask all the time, how long, oh, oh Lord, how much longer is this going to drag out? Um, and why is this dragging out? Why is he... Why is he allowing this to happen? And the, the answer is very, very simple. The reason he's allowing this to drag out is precisely because he's giving all of us a chance to take up our crosses and to suffer with him. It's an, it's an act of intense love and mercy because he wants as many people as possible to enter into his passion with him. And people just keep fighting it and fighting it and fighting it because because everything has been so feminized that everything revolves around the idea that all suffering must be avoided. And if anyone's suffering, then they must do everything possible to make that suffering stop. And the the truth is exactly the opposite. Christ wants us to enter into his passion and to take up his cross. And so I posted um, yesterday a fantastic quote, paragraph 14 from Pope Leo XIII of Sapientia Christiane. And the last paragraph is this, or the last sentence, nor is there any ground for alleging that Jesus Christ, the guardian and champion of the church, needs not any manner of help from men. Power certainly is not wanting to him, but in his loving kindness, he would assign to us a share in obtaining and applying the fruits of salvation procured through his grace, unquote. That's, that's it right there. The reason this is dragging out is because our Lord in his kindness is giving people the chance to finally realize that what he wants is for them to come with him and enter into his passion. And no one will do this. No one will do this. No one will, you know, the Dubia brothers will not correct the anti-pope. No one will stand up against the anti-pope. No one will sacrifice anything, nothing. If you're not willing to sacrifice your career track, how much less are you willing to literally into enter into a, a physical passion? And it's coming to that. It is coming to the point where these people, these people that we saw saw in Charlottesville, they're going to come after us. They're going. There will be executions, just exactly like there were in in the French Revolution in the Vendee. It will be. It will be a purge against all of us. And let me also warn you further of this. When that all starts, it is very, very clear that the people who are purging. Faithful, orthodox, believing Catholics from from society
0: will, will have themselves the full be Catholics. support.
1: Yes, will have. Well, not only will they themselves be Catholics, they will have the full support of Anti-Pope Bergoglio and his cadre. They will have their full support. They they will be. Anti-Pope Bergoglio will collaborate. Will collaborate with these people to purge Catholics from the face of the earth. A bold thing to say, I don't think it's bold at all. I think it's breathtakingly obvious. He's made that very, very clear, railing against us as rigid fundamental rigid fundamentalists, mentally ill, et cetera, et cetera. Oh no, they he will he will sell us out and he will be the one who is who is giving guidance to these people. Here's where you go, this is what you do. I mean, turn turn over a list of of Latin Mass parishes, and that's your. Just put that on the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, target website of hate groups. Anti-Pope Bergoglio will absolutely, absolutely do this, and his his cadre of freemasonic faggots.
0: It gives new um, new vitalization or, or yeah, new life to the to the quote from uh, Saint Bernadette of Lourdes that uh, the only thing to fear are bad Catholics.
1: Indeed, the only thing to fear are bad Catholics, and uh, boy, we've we've got a bumper crop right now—the worst ever—and they're they're still in the church. They're still heretics. Um, at some point, they will they will apostatize, and they will form a, a new apostate church that is in complete collusion with this Soros anti social justice warrior. It's all the same. It's all of a piece they will be in direct collusion with these people. And boy, when that happens, you have to keep fighting. You have to keep fighting to the very, very end. But if, if you're not already, you should be You should be preparing for death and, and thinking about these things and staying in a state of grace and going to confession as often as, as you can and as you need to, getting to mass, getting to daily mass, praying the rosary, Just on and on and on. Do it. Do it now, because these events are really unfolding quickly now. And I know it seems like I've been saying that for years now, but I think we all understand that um, things really are moving quickly and, and something's coming to a head. There is now, as I predicted almost 10 years ago, there is blood in the streets of the United States. We are in the early stages and seeing the first skirmishes of this hot war on the ground in the United States, history history will clearly recognize it as such. We're there, okay? Get ready. Get ready.
0: And it's not like we haven't deserved it as a nation based on all of the evils we have tolerated openly in our laws, uh, allowing the murder of innocent babies. Uh, it's not like we didn't have this coming.
1: No, it, it's, it, it, would be, it would be, in fact, almost to me, it would be a scandal if it didn't happen. Um, the only, the only reason that it, that it isn't a scandal is what I just went over. The reason why our Lord allows these days to draw out is so that those who love him will take up their cross and enter into his passion with him voluntarily, voluntarily. You have to choose it. Love is always a free choice. It cannot be coerced. So this is why a lot of people, not everyone who gets murdered, by a tyrannical regime. Not everyone who gets murdered by a tyrannical regime. Is a martyr. Um, These things you have to enter voluntarily. You, It has to be an act of love. Love of God. Not just you got greased. But you're voluntary, Voluntarily entering into. His passion. Just because you love him. And then you can. Once you enter into his passion. You can start to understand more and more and more. How. How intense and how infinite his love is, not just for the entire world qua world, but for each one of us as individuals. It just inflames charity, and it inflames love of neighbor, and it, 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 it increases zeal, which is, of course, the fruit of the third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and Mary at Pentecost. What's the fruit of that mystery? Zeal an increase in the love of God. And as you have an increase in the love of God, necessarily you will have a, a directly proportional increase in your, in your love, your charity towards your fellow men and a sense of urgency to, to preach the gospel and do whatever you can do, whatever you possibly can to help other people know Christ and be saved. And I, I think that's probably a pretty good place to stop for this week.
0: I think so too. Um, All right. of course a, a good place to explore the, the mysteries of the mercy of God and the love is as, it, as it, is at the is at if I could speak is at the mass. And as a general reminder, masses for Anne's benefactors are set on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Remember to join your intentions with these masses. Uh, if you have questions, feedback, or suggestions for the for the podcast, the email address is podcast at barnhart.biz supernerdmedia.com is where you can find ordering information for the Diabolical Narcissism DVDs, still plenty of those in stock, as well as information for contacting me on email as well as Twitter, which is, and you never to find Anne there anymore, but I'm there. Uh, If you found this podcast episode valuable, you can return value through the donation page on supernerdmedia.com, and that helps fund the production of the website as well as hosting Anne's website. Uh, Any thoughts you'd like to leave folks to ponder over the weekend until the next episode?
1: Well, um, don't forget the Matthew seventeen twenty initiative, um, full fasting on Tuesdays and or Fridays. Um, so that is ongoing. And, um, uh, are we going to, are we going to have another podcast done before the eclipse happens? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I would encourage everybody who possibly can to, um, to do what you can to observe this, this incredible event. Um it might be portending something. It might not just, it's a, it's an incredible natural phenomenon that I think everyone should endeavor to do what they can to try to see even, even, I mean, a very few people are going to be in, in the absolute totality, but still make sure that you do what you can. If you have kids, make sure your kids are able to experience it too.
0: It It's one of these things that, uh, it, I think it's the first time and I don't know how many hundred years that a, a, um, an eclipse of this magnitude is pretty much going to cover all of the United States, and yes, there's a, a huge swath from coast to coast that uh, is going to be seeing the full eclipse. And um, I've read stories that in some places along along the uh, the path, the uh, hotels and bed and breakfasts were getting uh, requests two and a half years in advance to lock in uh, lock in reservations from people who travel the world to observe these things. And um, well, certainly,
1: I won't I won't be able to see it. I'll just be able to see it. Uh, the totality obviously on the internet but uh boy if you if you can make it and you can see something like that i (laughs) as kind of a science geek that's just it's uh i'm i'm chagrined that i won't be able to see it but that's all right
0: okay until next week i am super nerd
1: and i'm Ann. thanks guys god bless